Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. So sometimes people struggle with creating more income from their blog. And I think that they say, you know, I'm doing everything I know to do. I've got the affiliate links in there. I'm sending the emails. I'm doing all the things. But there's more to it that you have to learn how to do through practice and understanding and implementation to be able to generate more income from what you're doing. So there's probably some variables that may be holding you back from making more money with your blog. And I wanna talk about five of those today. Um, And I'm hoping that you may find one or two that if you tweak, you'll start to see your income increase. So number one, I think that a lot of bloggers are a bit stingy with ads. So we really value user experience, which is awesome. Um, But a lot of times I think people only want to put like one ad on their website, maybe two ads. Uh, And they, you know, they never really realize when they get to a certain traffic um, status that, you know, they could get with Bloomly or Mediavine or AdThrive who would manage their ads and help them make much higher, much higher ad income. Um, Or even just using like AdSense and media.net ads on your website could make more money. So I think a lot of people just, they have some sort of limit on their ads on their page, whether it's intentional or not intentional. And that is what is keeping them from making more passive income through ads. So I would say go on your website and see how many you have. Um, I think especially in the beginning when you're not working with an ad network, you need to have at least three, three ads. Um, At least one of them needs to be above the fold, which means when somebody either via mobile or on desktop um, lands on your page, the ad is seen as soon as the the page loads. Um, You don't have to scroll anywhere to see the ad uh, because that's like prime ad money-making territory. Um, You know, and I put ads inside the content in places. Uh, There's a really good um, widget for WordPress blogs called Ad Inserter. And that lets you really add ads uh, pretty much on every page of your website. Like you have the Ad Inserter widget lets you basically be able to add ads to your website where you want them beyond just the sidebar. Um, It's a really good thing. You can also use it, you know, for even, I think you can even use it maybe if you want to put in disclosures or like whatever that you would want to show up on every single page. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do with that uh, ad inserter. And I'm pretty sure you can also get your opt-ins to show up using ad inserter. So like if you wanted an opt-in to show up in the middle of every piece of content, you could go into ad inserter and then paste the code for the opt-in form that you've created in your email service um, creator and be able to just have it appear in every piece of content through the ad inserter uh, widget. So it's pretty good, but it's made mainly for ads. Number two, I think oftentimes, because been here, done this, um, we're just not blatant enough with affiliate links. Like we just sort of haphazardly throw them into an article and hope somebody clicks on them. And we don't have, um, which leads to number three, 
we have weak calls to action. So when somebody's reading a post, like, I think some of us just don't want to be salesy. And so we're just sort of like, well, I'll just throw this affiliate link in here and maybe somebody will click on it and maybe they won't. But if you want to make money, you want to say, get this thing here. Like here is where you buy it. Try to get the person who is reading to, you know, to trigger their brain to get them to take action. That's what this is about. It's not trying to be forceful. It's not trying to be salesy. It's trying to get someone who's skimming for their brain to wake up and take an action. And sometimes you have to tell them to do that. Like you need to be direct. And I talk about this a lot, like with my husband, for example, I can't say to my husband, I really like this bag. Because my husband, there is no way that when I wake up on Christmas morning, that bag is going to be wrapped if I've made some casual statement throughout the year about liking that bag. It would take me saying, honey, I really like this this backpack, this Vera Bradley bag. I really need it. Um, and this would make an excellent Christmas gift. Here's where you buy it. <laughs> like that is what it would take for my husband to take action on me calling him to an action. There's no hints here. Like this is direct calls to action. So as you're looking through your content, if you're wondering why like your affiliate links or anything else are not converting, go back and look and see if you ever give a direct call to action where you say, hey, if you love this, if you want this, if you want to try this, here's where you get it. Go here now, right? Do you have those direct calls to action? If not, you may not be waking people's brains up and getting them to take the action that you want them to take in the article. And you can do it without being salesy. When I am sitting in a play date with my friends and I am talking about a handbag that I love or whatever, same bag that I would have tried to get my husband to get, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, okay. They're going to be like, hey, where did you get that bag? Like, that's going to be their first thought. And I'm going to say, I got this bag at Target. I love it. It's right there in that like front section when you walk in the door. We don't feel salesy telling our friends where to get that thing is that we love, right? And it's the same thing. Be a friend to your audience. See yourself as their friend and tell them where they can get this cool thing that you know they're wanting to know where they can get it. Don't be afraid to give direct calls to action. We need it. Number four, I think sometimes we focus on the features instead of the life change. And this is something that I have been extremely guilty of. Like, that is, I think, the most salesy thing you can do is when you focus on like this thing, you know, has blah, 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 like 49 different pages and they're all color coded and yada, yada. But what people need to know is what's in it for them. How is this thing going to make a difference in their life? Like, why do they need it? Not what what's in it. Why do they need it? What will their life be like once they have it? What is their life like without it? These are all things we need to tell people. And this is really a big part of understanding how to write good copy. It comes down to identifying the problem and what life can look like once the problem is solved and how that thing that you're presenting does that for your audience. So instead of focusing, you can have the features, you can list the features, but don't make that the thing that shows up first. Make the life change the thing that shows up first. And number five, I think that a lot of people are held back from making more money from their blogs because they're afraid to send too many emails or post too many times. Um, 
So I used to think about this, right? Like, uh, I had all these friends who would have, you know, there would be like an, a sale, even for my own products, but a sale. So there's a sale going on. And the people who know that they know that they know that they want this thing, right? They're going to buy the first time you tell them about it. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, I really want to get that. I don't want to hold off on getting that. I'm just going to get it. And there's going to be people who are like, well, I think I want that, but I don't know if I'm going to buy it right now. Like, maybe I'll wait. You know, maybe that's not what I need. I'm going to shop around or whatever. And so you hit them with another email that sort of starts to take away the fear of buying, like, right, that takes away the hesitancy, um, takes away the things that may be keeping them from buying. And this can happen in like a week. And I know people sometimes are afraid to send too many emails in a week. But it's just like a, hey, let me help remove this fear of buying from you, right? And then oftentimes you get the last chance email, the email that says, hey, don't forget, this offer is going away tonight at midnight. And that scarcity, that time sensitivity is what drags the procrastinators to action or draws them to action. Um, And I'm a procrastinator. And so I want to use a real life example of me being a person who tends to procrastinate on things. Um, When my son has school events, right? Like they'll send a reminder like a month in advance. And I'm like, okay, great. This thing is happening. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. But I, if I get distracted, I don't put a reminder on my calendar or whatever. If I walk away from that, that thing has now left the vault. Like the brain has already forgotten that it exists. And I am thankful when the day before there is a slip in my son's folder that says, don't forget that tomorrow is the last day to turn in field trip money or tomorrow is the last day to get your spirit t-shirt or tomorrow is the last day to blah, 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 right? Because those are direct calls to action with sensitivity that make me take action because I know that if I don't do this, I'm missing out, okay? So I would encourage you guys, like, whether it's posting in some sort of group about something or, you know, like if you have a math, if you have a uh, Facebook community or something and you know there's a sale of an affiliate thing that you're doing um, and you want to do like a last, you know, like, let me tell you about it. You know, here's some things you need to know about it. And then finally, some sort of post later in the week that's like, don't forget, don't forget people. Some people are going to get irritated about that. But your true fans are going to be like, oh, gosh, thanks for reminding me. Like, I totally would have missed that. Right. Because some of us are serious procrastinators and there's ways that you can help your audience. Like if you send that first email and, you know, if you're using a more advanced email system and let's say somebody purchases something and you can tag them as purchase and then you can take them out of not getting the rest of those emails. Like that's really what people are paying the big bucks for these like email services for is for the ability to be able to like basically track, monitor, and remove people from email sequences and things like that. Um, So you can always, when somebody buys, remove them from the sequence so they don't get any more of your sales emails. Uh, Or you have the ability to remove them from the future emails that you send. Um, You know, and then there's ways for you to be able to, you know, you can do your first email and say, hey, like if this isn't something that you care about and you don't really want to hear about it anymore, just click this button. And that allows your email system to tag them to say, hey, they're not interested in getting any more of these emails. So you have ways of avoiding uh, sending out annoying emails or, uh, you know, emails your people just don't want to get. And then you can just focus on sending out follow up emails that drive people to take action who are interested in those products. So I think that 
that is one of the hindrances that, that existed for me early on is I didn't want to bug people. And so I would only ever send one email and I would never do direct calls to action inside that email uh, to take action on what I was asking them to do. But it's been effective ever since I've learned how to do the first email where I tell people about it, the second email where I take away their fear, and the third email where I say, hey, this is it. Take action now or you're going to miss out. And I appreciate the last call reminders and I delete the ones that I'm not interested in. Like I just don't worry about it. Um, And if people unsubscribe, it's okay because they're not your target audience anyway. So I think that those are five things that really hold people back from making more money on their blog. And I'm wondering as if, as, as you listened, if you heard any of these things that you identify with, do you feel like, you know, you don't want a lot of ads on your site, so you've only got one running. Well, if you only got one running, you can't expect very much income from that. So I'd encourage you to consider adding a few more ads to your website, uh, or when you get to a certain traffic threshold, joining a network and letting them manage the ads for you so that you can make higher income. Number two, we talked about not blatant enough with affiliate links. Like you're just kind of tossing them in there, hoping people click. And this is where you really need good, strong calls to action. So don't let your calls to action be weak. Make sure that if a caveman, I like this is the way that uh, Donald Miller says it, like if a caveman came to your site, would it pass the grunt test? Like, do they get it? Like, would they know what to do? Are you making it simple? Um, Number four, focus on features less and focus more on life change. Uh, We talked about how focusing on features tends to be that thing that I think really speed bumps people from making more money because they're just like, well, let me tell you all about this product instead of telling me how it's going to change my life. And that's what people really, really care about. Number five, don't be afraid to send too many emails or too many reminders, right? Um, I do think that there is an excessive amount that you can send. Um, Like I wouldn't want to spend like eight or nine emails. Like to me, that's excessive. Uh, But just enough that people get reminders that you're able to kind of take away their buying fear um, and things like that. So, you know, you need to decide what the threshold of too many emails is. But I feel like three, especially when there's a sale going on, is about is a good solid number. And I wouldn't probably do less unless you're going to, you know, skip one of those emails and you're going to just do the call, like the last call or whatever you're going to do. But I highly recommend that you do at least three. Um, when there's something going on where you need somebody to take an action. And if it's not something that's a sale or it's time sensitive, when you're in that email, just make sure you're doing those strong calls to action where people understand what you're trying to get them to do um, and do it in a way like a friend would do where you say, look, like this thing is awesome. And if you want to get one too, here's how you do it. And you don't have to feel salesy or slimy or anything about it. And if you struggle with this, I encourage you to go back to my episode um, that talks about how marketing is not a dirty word. Uh, So you guys are awesome. And I hope that you have an amazing week. And whatever you do, just keep blogging.